let's get ready to study God's Word. to one and all. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and it's time for another devotional study. Please be sure to visit us at biblestudy.asbzone.com, where you can find links to our previous episodes and various Bible study resources. Let's have a word of prayer before we get into our study. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for your mercy to us, your goodness to us, your love to us. We thank you for your word, and we ask you that as we enter into your word, that you'll give us wisdom and understanding. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's study is entitled, Settling Conflicts Between Brethren. And our verse for the study It'll be a, this is the beginning of the passage, but we'll just do this verse. Matthew eighteen fifteen, which says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Okay. The Lord has outlined for us here in his word a an approach to use when we have conflicts between brethren. And I'm actually going to show you at the end that this doesn't need to be limited to church folk, but it is distinctly established for church folk. It says, if thy brother shall trespass against thee. Right? If he trespasses against you, Go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. And if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Now, the passage is written in such a way that you are correct in, the, in your assessment of the problem. It's not saying, if you think he's done something against you, go and figure it out. Right? It's not written that way. The way it plays out works whether you're correct or not. Okay? But Jesus gave the instruction, if your brother has trespassed against you, if he's done something wrong to you, if he has wronged you in some way, this is how you proceed. So clearly, it's being taken as a given that he did you wrong. But I'm going to show that even if he, even if you aren't sure, even if you just happen to believe that that's the case, if you follow this protocol, it gives the best opportunity for things to work out in the right way. So let's read from verses 15 through 20 of Matthew 18, and as always, from the King James Version of the Bible. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. 
But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. King. Very interesting here. Now, we don't usually pay attention to verses 19 and 20, but it's tied together. Jesus makes this statement, and then Peter comes to him and asks him about the, how oft shall I forgive my brother? And then Jesus sets up another discourse. So these are all tied to this, the, the same thing that Jesus is saying, or rather verses 15 through 20 are tied together. And then Christ goes on to say some other things in response to what Peter asks. If thy brother shall trespass against you. So here's the scenario. Your brother has done you some wrong in some way. The first order of business is to go to him or her alone and say, Hey, this, I have this problem. This is what I feel that you've done to me. Here's my case. This is what, you know, this is the situation. This is what I'd like to have as a, as a, as a remedy. Now, if he agrees, right, if he hear thee, if he accepts your position and your statement and he apologizes and starts to set things in order, then you've gained your brother, meaning y'all are reconciled again together. Okay? But if he won't hear you, then take with thee one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. The idea isn't to go and find people, tell them your story, drag them in so they can tag team. The idea is you want a small panel of witnesses. You want to say, listen, I have a problem with Brother Bob, and I need you to just hear. I'm going to, let's have a meeting together with him. I spoke to him already. It didn't go well. And now I'm going to do it again but in your presence, I want you to hear and, and render a verdict. You know, let me know if I'm mistaken, whatever the case is. So now you go to him, you say to him, I need to speak to you again. And this time I have some brethren with me. Okay. And you say to him, this is what happened. This is how I felt. And he's going to respond back in some way, shape or form. And they will now get to be witness to this. And then they will say, okay, based on what we've heard and what he said, you are being unreasonable or he's being unreasonable or whatever they decide to say, this is just a misunderstanding, whatever comes of that. But now you've opened the door to more people because this way there are witnesses that are privy to this whole thing playing out, how you approached him, what you said, what he responded. Okay. If that doesn't work, if he won't listen to that group, then the matter should be brought before the church at large. It's very interesting because this is the procedure that God has outlined for managing conflict between brethren in the church. And I shouldn't say it that way, actually. Let me say it better. This is the mechanism that God has established for church brethren to reconcile differences. 
to deal with conflict, settle them, right? Because the first way that I said it implied that if there's a conflict within church, then this is how you handle it. But no, this is how brethren should handle it all of the time. If my conflict is between myself and a church brother, then it should be handled within the church because the church has authority. God has delegated authority to his church. The problem is that we don't, in fact, respect or recognize the church's authority except in very churchy-related things, right? We don't accept the church's authority in our daily lives, right? If I buy a tire from a church brother and something goes wrong, I'll take him to court or, you know, I'll use some other secular mechanism to get him to to cooperate or pay me back or whatever the case is, rather than use the, the church, which is the counsel we're given. That's what Christ is saying. If thy brother shall trespass you, he didn't say if your brother trespasses you in church things. He doesn't say if your brother did something wrong to you as it pertains to the Sabbath school lesson, right? He doesn't say that. He just simply says, if your brother trespass against you, this is what you do. You first bring it to him directly because nobody else has to know if if he's going to apologize or set the matter straight, acknowledge what the wrong is, then no one else has to be involved. If he or she won't do so, now you need to add a few people. You don't have to escalate right up to a massive number of people, two or three more, so that we have it there. If the person remains recalcitrant, stubborn, now you bring the matter before the whole church and say, brethren, this is the situation. Bob and I agreed this. This is how we pursued this. Here's what we were trying to accomplish. And now this is what has transpired. I had a conversation with him. I had a conversation with him with these brethren, right? Me saying I had a conversation with him. Y'all can look at that as hearsay, of course, because I'm the one saying it. But I also had a follow-up conversation with him with these two brethren here, who will testify that I did, in fact, have that conversation with him. And now the church gets to hear the whole matter, and they get to say, okay, we heard it, Brother Bob, what have you got to say for yourself? You, you, you really need to fix this. You really need to address this. And if he won't hear them, if he does not respect the authority of the church, then you are to treat him as a publican. As he says, heathen man and a publican. And what this means is the church administers a certain level of discipline. He's going to be, now he's not going to be excommunicated, cut off, disfellowshipped, right? Generally speaking, that wouldn't be where you end up. He's not going to have a status that's better than any other person who's seeking to be, to visit the church or be a member of the church, right? Just think about how someone who comes to your church as a visitor is not a, a member of your church and is not in fact even Christian. Or or at least they haven't they haven't been baptized. They haven't accepted Christ formally. They're just coming to your church. That person is obviously welcome in the church. That person is going to be interacted with favorably by the other members. But that person is not going to hold any position of influence or office. You see what I'm saying? Treating them like a publican doesn't mean kicking them to the curb, booting them out the church, ostracizing them. It doesn't mean any of those things. But it means that that person moves into a position that is 
not one of influence and leadership and, and direction because they are in the wrong, A, and refuse to acknowledge the authority of the church. That's what this council says. And then Christ goes on to say, Verily I say unto you, right? This is in continuation. Whatsoever ye bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. A lot of times verse 18 is used in a massively broad way. But it's tied, I'm not saying it can only be, be tied to this, but it's clearly tied to this passage. It's right here in this part of the passage. And it basically says that the church has authority that is acknowledged by heaven when it is done appropriately. Okay? And so if the church hear the matter and render a verdict on the matter, that rendering of a verdict when done according to the principles of God is registered in heaven. Similarly, if they loose something, it's loosed in heaven. It doesn't apply to everything that someone may say. Okay? And then again, so look at how look at the words Jesus is using. He says, Verily, truly I say unto you. And then in 19, he says, Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Two or three gathered together. If two of you agree, if there's an alignment, an agreement on earth, on something that you need to ask for. This is why we pray in groups. This is why we pray in twos and threes. Because we have this promise here. And, and he finishes out the promise in verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Right? Very important. Very important. So... Um, it's worth understanding that. It's worth recognizing that. The church has authority that God gave it. Christ enumerated it specifically. We don't leverage that authority. We have a worldly context and a church context. And that's not what God is saying. God is saying, if you are a member of the body of Christ, then church governance affects all of your life, not just the areas that happen in the proximity of the church building. Right? And we don't, I don't think we appreciate that. The early apostolic church, I shouldn't say early apostolic, the apostolic church followed that model. Okay, they followed that model. We don't do that today, and we need to. Or at least we don't do it consistently. As, as far as I've seen in the Western world, we don't do it. We hardly do it, and we don't do it consistently. Okay, but this is the way that these things ought to be done. Verse 15 again says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. And if he hear thee, Thou hast gained thy brother. And that's what the goal is at the end of the day, reconciliation. You're not doing this to exact judgment. It is about reconciliation. A trespass is a breach in the relationship. You're trying to restore the relationship. That is the primary purpose. Okay? And from right behind this passage, 
is Peter asking about forgiveness and Christ giving them the parable of the unforgiving servant. So again, the emphasis is on attempting to get reconciliation. And if the, if the guy in the parable who had been forgiven, when he confronted the other person and they said, give me time to pay, if he had escalated it a little, if he had just gotten some other people involved, he could have avoided a lot of problems for himself. This is all tied together. May God grant us wisdom and a desire to apply this rightfully the way that God intended to deal with all sorts of disputes that arise between brethren, not just between brethren in church, between brethren, even if the dispute is about something that didn't happen in the church environment. As long as both people are brethren, that is the method and mechanism we should use. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this awesome counsel that you've laid out for us. We ask you to help us that we'll be willing to move in accordance with your will, to implement it, to do and say those things that are right and pleasing in your sight, to approach conflicts with our brethren in the way that you prescribed with the idea of reconciling. Forgive us of our sins, Lord. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness and help us to have the right attitude. May your church prosper and grow strong in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. You can reach us via email at biblequestions at asbzone.com. We look forward to hearing from you, whether you have questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns. We also recommend that you check out the True Wisdom Podcast, where Robert and I discuss Bible stories and topics together. Both of these podcasts can be found on over a dozen platforms, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Please remember our ministries in your prayers. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study and share His Holy Word.